Last week, we talked about prayer. Amen? I thought it was pretty fitting that, uh, you know, it was National Day of Prayer coming up on Thursday. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit last week about prayer and how we limit God, how we limit the Holy One of Israel with our low-level expectations and our peanut-sized prayers. Amen? Y'all remember that one? And, and, and how, we, how we just limit God. Amen? We limit him with our prayerlessness and the improper perception that we have of who God really is, right? Amen? So I want to talk to you this morning, just for a few minutes, about, about something that limits us. Limits us is fear. Amen? Only a handful of you have fear. <laughs> Amen? Fear will limit you. Fear will freeze you, right? So Father, we just thank you, Lord God. Father, we just pray right now that you just have your way again, Lord, in this service. God, we pray, Father, right now, and we thank you, Jesus, that you did not give us a spirit of fear, God. Father, but of strength and a sound mind. And Lord, I just pray right now, I bind up any kind of fear, worry, doubt, anxiety, worthlessness, doubtfulness, God, over any single person in this room today, God. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. And God, we just pray again that you just touch hearts and change lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So y'all ready? You know, it seems like when, when people are afraid, they run and hide in a cave. Amen. People are like, no, I ain't never been in no cave. Yeah, you have. Listen, and you're going to understand what I'm going to say. I, 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 I think that, that people run and they hide in caves. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning, okay, about coming out of that cave. Everybody say, come out. Okay, now the rest of you do it. Everybody say, come out. There you go. That's better. That's better. They're awake. So the first reference of a cave in the Bible is when Lot runs to a cave. God had already destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. He had obeyed God. Lot had done what God had told him to do. He obeyed, you know, obeyed the Lord. But once he got outside, because he had just watched his wife, he had watched his wife, she turned back, everybody knows the story, and was turned into a pillar of salt. Amen? So he had already seen that. And in Genesis 19, the Bible says that he began to waver the Bible says that he began to waver in his faith. He began to, to, to just question the decision that he had made. He became discouraged. He became depressed. He became afraid, right? And, he, and, and look at this. And, and, and the Bible says he was found in a cave in, in, in 1930. Look at, look at Genesis 1930. It says, then Lot went up out of Zor and dwelt in the mountains. And his two daughters were with him. For he was what? Okay. I know it's warm in here. I don't know how much coffee y'all have had, but that was pitiful. The Bible says he was what? Okay, there we go. That's better, y'all. I need y'all's help. Y'all going to help me preach today, I'm telling you. He was afraid to dwell in Zor, and he and his two daughters dwelt in a cave. His world was caving in. Everything around him was happening. He was afraid. His world was caving in, and he found a dark place to hide because of what? was afraid. Amen? That's what it was. He was afraid. He was worried. He was defeated. Fear will drive you in a cave. Amen? Fear is faith in the enemy, not in God. That's a great place to shout right there. Because fear is false evidence appearing real. Fear is faith in the enemy and not faith in God. Fear is a dark room where your negatives will be developed. Fear will paralyze us from our purpose. Fear will paralyze us 
and it will blur out our reality of a living and powerful God. Fear will cause the devil to have a square dance. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you right now, he loves it when you become fearful and you run and you hide back in that cave of fear. That's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to hide in that cave of fear, that cave of worry, that cave of depression, that cave of doubt, that cave. Am I talking to anybody this morning? I'm telling you. Over and over and over in the Bible, when people are in trouble, God's people, the Israelites, listen, they would, they would be invaded by the Philistines or some other uh, you know, foreign country, some other alien nation, and, and, and they would run, and they would hide in caves. And the Bible says this. Look at this of Gideon's time in Judges 6. Look at verse 2. It says, because of the Midianites, the people of God, the children of Israel, right, made for them. Listen. Do you see what that says? It says, because of the Midianites. If I run and hide because of you, that means I'm what? I'm afraid of you. They were afraid of the Midianites. Because of the Midianites, the, the children of Israel, God's people, made for themselves the dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. The people of God hid themselves in caves. They dug strongholds. They, they would go up into the mountain in these fortified areas, and they would hide because they were afraid. They would hide in dens through fear and trembling. The people of God hid themselves. Amen? The normal reaction when people are afraid is to hide in a cave. The cave becomes a hiding place. Y'all follow me so far? It's going to make sense in a minute. Hang on. The cave becomes a hiding place. And the same is true for us today. The same is true for us today. Listen, I'm not talking about a physical cave. I'm talking about an emotional cave. I'm talking about a mental cave. I'm talking about the cave of fear. I'm talking about the cave of guilt, the cave of worry, the cave of depression, the cave of anxiety, the cave of worthlessness, the cave of... Amen? That's what we do. And we live there, right? We get caught when we get hurt or something happens to us. Then we retreat. We go into a cave. I'm hurt. I'm offended. Come on, y'all. And we want to retreat back into a cave. We go into the dark place. We live there isolated amongst ourselves. That's what we do. We live in that cave isolated amongst ourselves. And there are two great dangers about caves. Okay? Listen to me. There are two great dangers that I want to talk to you about a cave. Joshua 10. Look at this. Verse 16. This tells us the story of about how Joshua had already defeated five armies, okay? Joshua had defeated five armies, and those five kings of each army went and ran and hid in a cave. Why? I'm glad four of y'all are paying attention this morning. I appreciate that. Listen, <laughs> they went and hid in a cave. Look at verse 16. It says, but these five kings had fled and hidden themselves in a cave, and it was told to Joshua saying this, the five kings have been hidden in the cave. Look at verse 18. So Joshua said this, roll large stones against the mouth of the cave and set men by it to guard them. Follow me. When Joshua heard that they were hiding in the cave, he commanded them to roll a large stone in front of the cave, block the cave off, and then put guards by it to guard them. Now I want you to listen carefully because the hiding place has now transformed into a prison. The hiding place has now transformed into a prison. If you retreat, 
and you hide long enough, your cave will become a prison. I'm telling you. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm telling you right now, if you stay stuck in that depression, that fear, that worry, that guilt, that doubt, it's going to turn into a prison. Amen? That's one of the big dangers when you're dealing with caves. The cave becomes a prison. Now their hiding place was a prison. I know what it's like to be hurt. I know what it's like to be offended. I know what it's like to go through hard times and rejection. We all do. We've all been there. Amen? Am I the only one who's been hurt in here? Okay. Just make sure I'm talking to the right people. We've all been there, but the enemy wants you to take what has happened to you, and he wants you to hold on to it, and he wants you to go hide in a cave. That's what he wants you to do. So you can isolate yourself, and then you can end up in bondage. Amen? He wants you to stay offended. He don't want you to ever get over it. He doesn't. Then the, the last hiding place, listen, will become more than a hiding place. Your hiding place is going to become a prison. Amen? And once it becomes a prison, I want to tell you, here's the critical thing, guys. Listen. Because then there's going to, there came a time, I want to tell you this, because this, this is very important. There came a time when Joshua had to call him out. I want you to look at this in verse 26. Joshua called him out, and he hung the five kings. Listen to me. It says, afterwards, Joshua struck them and killed them and hanged them on five trees. And then he did something strange, right? Look at this right here. He did something super strange. Look at what he did. Joshua commanded them. And they took them down from the trees and cast them into, into the cave where they had been hiding. That's strange. I want you to follow me here. He said they cast them into the cave where they'd been hiding and then laid large stones on it, right? He cast them. He threw them back in the same cave that they were hiding in. Do you know what that means? Notice this. That if you don't come out of that place of hurt, that place where you're hurt, that place where you're, you're offended, it's, it's, it's going to become a prison. Amen? And if you stay in that prison long enough, it won't be just a prison. The cave becomes a grave. I, I, thank you. I want you to watch this. He pulled them out of the same cave that they were in, killed them, and then threw them back in the same cave. It goes from a hiding place to a prison. And let me tell you something. If you don't let go of what's happened to you, it will become a grave. It will become a grave. If you carry an unforgiving spirit, an unforgiving attitude, an unforgiving mouth, come on, somebody. This is where it starts at. Amen? This is where it starts at. Unforgiving mouth. Then it will become a grave to God's plan. It will become a grave to God's purpose. It will become a grave to God's will. It'll become a grave to your relationships. It'll become a grave to your dreams. And it'll become a grave to the call of God on your life. Amen. Amen. If you stay long enough, it goes from a hiding place to a prison to a grave. And all your dreams will die. Your purpose will die. Your calling will die. 
on your life because you've stayed offended too long. You've stayed hurt too long. You've stayed stuck in fear too long. Amen? I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but I think I'm talking to somebody because I'm going to be honest with you. I was actually going to preach on prayer again today, but the Lord wouldn't let me. He wants me to tell you this. I, just, I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't even know what that is. I'm going to break my... I'm telling you, I, I, this is good. Listen, listen, listen. It's going to become a grave to everything God has on your life. Look at 1 Kings right here, verse 18. The Bible says this. It says, Ahab had called Obadiah who was in charge of his house. Look at this. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. Watch this. For so it was while Jezebel had massacred all the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah had taken 100 prophets and hidden them 50 to a cave. Where'd he hide? Where'd he hide? Okay, they was listening, y'all. 50 to a cave. Took a hundred of the prophets. Obadiah in that time, Jezebel and Ahab were killing all the prophets of the Lord. And he had hid a hundred of them in a cave. And Elijah shows up. I want you to read it, read it in 1 Kings. I'm challenging you guys. Read 1 Kings 18. Elijah says, what are you doing in the cave? He's got a different attitude. Elijah's got a different attitude now. Right? He says, the preacher's. In a time when sin is rampant in our nation, where's the preachers at? Come on, somebody. They're like, shh, we're in a cave. Shh. Come on, y'all. Elijah understood that a silent preacher is no better than a dead one when your country is burning in sin. Come on, somebody. I am telling you right now, where's all the preachers at? Where's our people at? Elijah knew that a silent preacher is no better than a dead one when when your country is burning. Look what's going on out here. There's 170 people praying. It's a start. It's a start. I'm telling y'all, we can't afford to be so diplomatic that we disturb our generation by preaching the truth to a dark and dying world. Amen? Amen. Don't get so diplomatic that you're afraid to offend somebody that you want to water down the gospel. Amen. Our world is dark and dying out there, somebody. Come on. Elijah says, y'all can stay in the cave if you want to. He says, but God has not called me to live in a cave. God ain't called me to live in a cave. Come on up on Mount Carmel. Y'all come on. He says, I'm going to confront Ahab. And he goes up and confronts Ahab in 1 Kings chapter 18. I'm telling y'all, read it. And he tells him, he says, meet me up on Mount Carmel. He comes up with the 450 prophets of Baal. Amen? Read the story. It's great. And Elijah prays. And the God who answers prayer by fire. Come on, somebody. The God who answers prayer by fire sent fire, consumed the altar, and slew all the false prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. And a revival started in the nation. It started a revival in the nation. A cave can be an attitude. A cave can be an intimidation. A cave can be fear. Those prophets were afraid. They hid in a cave. They were intimidated at the name Jezebel and Ahab. God is calling us in this hour to not live in caves of fear, caves of worry, caves of depression, but to come out of that cave before that cave becomes a prison and then it becomes a grave. 
God has not called us to live in caves. We cannot afford to live in a cave, guys. Moses was called to bring God's people out of Egypt. Amen? And he felt the stirring of that call when he saw an Egyptian beating an Israelite. He felt that stirring of that call that he's supposed to be saving the Israelites. And he watched an Egyptian beat an Israelite, and he goes up and accidentally murders the Egyptian. I get you, accidentally murders him. One extra hit did it. He got involved and accidentally killed the Egyptian. Moses was shoved out, so to speak. He was shoved out. Amen? Y'all got to read this. But Moses was shoved out and into the wilderness, and there he lived in a cave as a shepherd. He lived there for a shepherd. Look at this scripture that says these very words. I want you to see this in Exodus 2.21. Look at this. It says that Moses was content. What? Moses was content after 40 years. He had resolved in his mind, I tried, I failed, I'm afraid, I've been doing this for 40 years, I'm, I'm done, somebody else lead the charge, I don't want to do this anymore. He was living in a cave and the scripture says that he was content. He was just content. After 40 years of shepherding, he gave up on the call, he gave up on the dream, he gave up on all his passions, he gave up on what the Lord had called him to do. Are y'all with me this morning? And he became content. I want to tell you, a cuss word in Christianity is content. Come on, somebody. You want a Christian cuss word? It's called content. The moment we become content, that ought to be like a cuss word coming out of your mouth. It ought to be like foul language coming out of your mouth. When you say, oh, I'm done, I'm good. I'm content, I got enough. You can never afford to enter into the cave of contentment. Somebody... You can never afford to enter into the cave of contentment where you say, well, you know what? I, I, I don't want any more. Just leave me alone. I'm good. Just leave me alone. I'm fine to come to church, but I don't want any more God. Comfort and complacency are enemies of God. You know that? Amen. Comfort and complacency are enemies of God. He settled down. Moses goes into this cave and he gets content. He says, I'm cool. I'm good. How many of y'all are good right now? Good, because contentment's a cuss word. You ain't good. You ain't never going to be good. God don't care about your comfort. He's worried about your character. Amen? God never said he's going to give you what you can handle. He's going to help you handle what you're given. Amen? I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Listen, he settled down. Moses says, oh, just let somebody else do it. I'm good. I tried. I've done this. And, and, and nothing's happening. Listen, while he was in that cave, just before his cave became a grave, God lit a bush up. Hallelujah. 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 God lit a bush up. I'm telling y'all, God sent fire. And, that, and, and you know what? That fire purged Moses' spirit. Amen. And I'm here to tell you this morning that you got to come out of that cave. You got to come out of that cave of failure, of sadness, come out of that cave of sorrow, come out of that cave of the unforgiving spirit. Come out of it. Amen. Come out of it. Come out of it. Everybody say, come out. You're called to greater things and to higher things and to just isolate yourself and to, to just sit there and, and live less than what God has promised for your life. 
Come out of the cave. You got to come out. Listen, the cave that the enemy wants to hold you in becomes a prison. And if you stay there, it becomes a grave to all, to everything that God has planned for your life. It'll become a grave. And we're not called to live in caves. Amen. Amen. Caves get emptied of their occupants when Jesus shows up. Caves get emptied of their occupants when Jesus shows up. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Come on, y'all. In John chapter 11, it says that Lazarus was bound hand and foot into death clothes. He was dead four days. And he put him in a cave. And they had put the stone in front of the cave. But Jesus walked up to that cave, and in John eleven forty three, he said this. Come forth. Sorry. <laughs> Say it. Don't spray it, Pastor. <laughs> Cover this up. I lost my phone. John said in 11, uh, uh, Jesus said in John eleven forty three, 43, Lazarus, come forth. That's what he said right there. He said, come forth. Hallelujah. And I heard the Lord tell me today to speak it, and he'll back it up. And I'm telling you right now to come forth. It's time for you to come forth. It's time for you to come forth out of that grave. It's time for you to come out of that cave of past hurts. It's time for you to come out of that cave of being offended. It's time for you to come out of that cave of fear and intimidation. Amen. Come out of it to do what God has called you to do. And he's saying, come out of that cave. He said, because I got life for you. I got more for you. I've got freedom for you. What gives Christianity the power to transform lives is Jesus wouldn't stay in his cave. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. What gives Christianity the power to transform lives is Jesus would not stay in his cave. Woo, I'm glad we serve a rebel, ain't you? Huh? Hallelujah. Everybody give him a shout of praise right now if he's brought you out of something. If he's brought you out of something, I want you to holler at him right now. Hallelujah. When Jesus came out of that grave, he said, I got the keys to death and Hades. I come out of the grave, I come out of the cave, and I done destroyed everything that holds us down. He said, I got the keys to death in Hades right here. That's why that addiction can't hold you. Because he has the keys. Come on, somebody. He unlocks prison doors and he rolls stones away. Come out of here. He calls the dead back to life. Glory to God. Your marriage don't have to live in a cave of past hurt. Somebody said something. Somebody made a stupid choice. Somebody did something dumb. Somebody messed everything up. And I'll tell you, the enemy wants you to live in that cave of hurt forever. But Jesus is saying, come forth. Come on out. It's over. He said, come forth. I decree a new thing in your life. Hallelujah. You know, you can be healed of the past. And the cave does not have to become a grave. Amen. The power of the church is an empty cave.
The power of the church is an empty cave, an empty tomb. Amen? An empty tomb. Glory Jesus. I think that the story of Gideon is so critical because God called Gideon when he was in a cave. This is so critical. I want you to, I want you to see this. It, I, I, love it. I love that about God, right? See, God, God called Gideon when he was in a cave. And I love that because God, listen, he, he doesn't wait until we get strong enough before he whispers big dreams in our ears. He doesn't wait until you get enough money and, and tons of power and, and all this to say, well, I'm going to have you do this and this and have you do this. And, no, he comes and whispers to us in our darkest cave. If he waited until you had the resources, come on, somebody. You wouldn't do nothing for God. He whispers to you when you're in that dark cave and he's telling you. Your dreams. It's what he did to Gideon. Listen, he whispered to Gideon in Judges 6.12. Look at this. He says, you are a mighty man of valor. Gideon's trembling in a cave, scared to death. And God comes and shows up and says, you're a mighty man of valor. Come on, y'all. He don't wait until he was a mighty man of valor. Gideon was hiding in a cave. And he come up and said, you are a man of valor. I'm, I'm glad three of y'all got that. Thank you. You know what you need when you get a word from hell? You need a word from heaven. Come on, y'all. You know what you need when you get a word from hell? You need a word from heaven. God showed up and whispered to Gideon and said, you are a mighty man of valor. He's in the cave. He's afraid. And God calls up and tells him what he is. And he's sitting there in fear and trembling, scared to death. And God says, ah, listen to this. God does not speak to present pain. He speaks to future potential. Come on, somebody. God does not speak to your present pain. He speaks to your future potential. Amen. There's something very interesting about this story. I want you to catch this. The Bible, I'm, I'm challenging y'all. I need y'all to read this too. Okay, makes sense here. The Bible says that Gideon sent home all of those that were afraid. There was thousands of them with him. Read Judges 7. He sent home all of them that were with him. They were afraid. It says the ones who were afraid, send them home, get them out of here. Ends up he was with 300 men. Amen? Read it in Judges 7, guys. Listen. And God said, tell them to take a lamp, a glass pitcher with a torch, a, a light, and a trumpet. And he says, then I want you to surround the enemies with a torch, a trumpet, and a glass pitcher. Okay, read it. Y'all got to read Judges 7. It makes sense to you. He says, I want you to surround the enemy. He says, and when I tell you, break the glass, let the light shine, and blow the trumpet. And then I want you to shout. I want you to listen what he told him to shout. Look at Judges 7, 18. He says right here, he says, blow the trumpets and all who you're with me. Then when you blow the trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say this, by the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. I want you to see this. Blow the trumpet on every side of the camp. And I want you to shout, by the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon. Not quite yes. 
I want you to catch this. The Bible already told us that Gideon didn't have a sword. All he had was a torch, a pitcher, and a trumpet. But he says, I want you to shout. This is cool, guys. Listen, God is saying this. The Bible says all he had was a torch. And God is saying, I'm going to give you the victory. He says, I'm going to give you the victory. Listen, there's going to be a victory. And it's coming out of a cave. There's a bunch of people, a bunch of cave dwellers that are going to be coming out of what they've been hiding in. And they're going to come out and I'm going to give them the victory. He says, I'm going to give them the victory. Listen to this. I'm going to give it to them by the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon. And here's what I want you to understand in Jewish thought. In Jewish thought, it means this, that the word of God is a two-edged sword. Come on. The word of God is a two-edged sword. And when it comes out of God's mouth, that's the sword with one edge. Amen? The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing to the soul and spirit. Amen? The word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. When it comes out of God's mouth, it's a sword with a single edge on it. But what you say, come on, somebody, what you say is the two-edged sword. My Bible says life and death are found in the power of the tongue. How do you defeat the enemy? I have hidden thy word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. How do you stand on the word of God? When it comes out of God's mouth, it's a one-edged sword. And when you start speaking the word of God, it's a double-edged sword. Amen. Come on, somebody. That's what that is. In Jewish thought, I, I want to tell you, the point is simply this. You have to speak what God says if you're going to come out of the cave and do what God says you're going to do. you got to speak what he says. Amen. Sharpen any two-edged sword. So let's speak what God speaks. Let's speak what God speaks. Amen. So everybody, I want you to simply say this. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Come on, I told you y'all going to help me preach this morning whether you wanted to or not. I told you y'all going to help me preach. Listen, I am the head and not the tail. Above only and not belief. Because the Bible says it. And I believe it. Thank you. Because God says it. That's one sword. And now you're saying it. That's a double-edged sword. Come on, somebody. That's, you got to speak what God speaks. Amen. And the Lord is going to give victory by the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So what do we say? We need to say in all these things that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody, that's a double-edged sword right there, I'll tell you. You need to say it when you're in your darkest cave. I'm coming out. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. God has not called me to a spirit of fear. But he has called me to higher ground. And I got the sword of the Lord and the sword of Jamie. Come on, somebody. I got the sword of the Lord and the sword of Jamie. And I ain't staying stuck in no cave. And I refuse to let the enemy talk something that the word of God don't say. Because it's a double-edged sword. <laughs> Come on, y'all. 
Are you a child of the Most High God? Come on, somebody. You're the child of the Most High God. Somebody thank him right here that there's power to get you out of the cave. Come on, let's thank him right here this morning. That there is power to get you out of the cave. When this book right here gets in your life, I'm telling y'all, I've challenged y'all to read two chapters in this Bible today. What were they? That's what I thought. Unbelievable. No, I'm just kidding. When this word gets in your heart and you start speaking this, it's a double-edged sword. telling you it's a double-edged sword guys I feel like there's a lot of people who've been held captive in here in caves of past hurt in caves of isolation in caves of divorce in caves of mistrust in caves of deceit in caves caves of of lies that somebody has hurt you so deeply that somebody has hurt you so deeply and you you just caved in you just caved in and, and you've been there a long time. Grief, hurt, I'm a failure. You failed at something. So you just live in that cave and you become content with a lesser life. Amen? That is not God's will for you. That is not God's will for you. That you just come content. And I'm just going to stay in the cave like Moses did. And you just become content living in that hurt. Amen. That is not God's will for you. God's will for you is to not live in the pain of the past. To make that cave a prison. And sooner or later that cave will become a grave for you. Your hope, your dreams, your future, your joy will all die in that cave. Amen. Amen. It will all die in that cave. But the Lord says, come on out. Come on out. Everybody say, come out. Tell all the cave dwellers to come out. Roll the stone away. Take the death clothes off. Come on, y'all. Get a smile back on your face. Amen. Come on, stand up on your hind legs this morning. Come on, y'all, stand up for me. Everybody, all around this room. Can I tell y'all, I feel the Holy Ghost in here this morning. Uh, the Spirit of God, come on, you better do better than that. I feel the Holy Ghost in here this morning. Woo! We're not about to die in that cave that the enemy put us in. We will not be intimidated. Come on, somebody. I feel the Holy Ghost in here this morning. We will not be intimidated. The cave of addiction, the cave of unforgiving spirit, come out. This is your deliverance day. This is your deliverance day. We serve the one who says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. That cave cannot hold you because there's an empty cave somewhere in Jerusalem. Woo, come on, y'all. There's an empty cave somewhere in Jerusalem that says you can come out. You can come out. You can come up and you can live again. Amen. With every head bowed and eye closed across this room. No one moving around, please. Hang out. Hold on a minute.
you're in here this morning, you say, Pastor, you're preaching to me, and I'd like to get right with the Lord this morning. Maybe you've been in that cave of fear, worry, past hurt, offense, and Jesus is saying to you this morning, come forth. If that's you, I want you to boldly lift your hand all around this room. Just lift your hand all around this room. Come on. We see them. We see them hands. We see them hands. Come on, boldly lift your hands. This is the power that will bring you out of that cave. Lift those hands all around this room. If you're saying, Jesus, I need you this morning. This is the power that will pull you out of that cave. Everyone repeat this after me and say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. Pull me out of that cave of fear, doubt, worry, anxiety, intimidation, unforgiving spirit. Come into my heart, Jesus, and make me into the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name.